You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Ben Simmons nonsense won't go away. Will the Blazers make a deal or won't they? I'm saying won't, but we will talk about that here on the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress. I cover the Blazers for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. And I'm joined by Andrew Thien, our podcast editor and Blazer fan extraordinaire. How are you doing, Andrew? Doing great, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I gave you the extraordinaire title. Hey, I'll take it. (laughs) You can tell your kids all today, hey, I'm daddy extraordinaire. You better listen to what I say. Oh, I will. (laughs) I will say that now. (laughs) Okay, so we are primarily doing this podcast right now during some downtime. Like, like we've really entered downtime. I think they're done tinkering with the roster. Training camp's a few weeks away, but it's like, what are we going to talk about? You know, if we do a podcast at this time, they did sign Larry Nance since the last podcast, so mm-hmm. that's good. And they brought in a couple uh, camp bodies to compete for a roster spot. But the big air quote news still going on in and around the Blazers is, will they or won't they trade for Ben Simmons? It seems to be all anyone wants to talk about really in the NBA world right now is what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. We all know about the drama there. They kind of threw him under the bus after the Game 7 loss to Atlanta in which he was two for four. Everyone was mad he wouldn't shoot. He didn't shoot well. Free throw wise, he passed up an easy dunk, et cetera, et cetera. They lost the game. No one wants to talk about Joel Embiid's eight turnovers. That's another story. But everyone threw Ben Simmons under the bus. He is still pissed off months later. Doc Rivers was asked after that game, do you think Ben Simmons can be a championship point guard? Which I think was a very unfair and ridiculous question. He's 24, 25 years old. Why do you ask that? But anyway, Doc Rivers said, stupidly, I can't answer that question right now. What? I remember watching it going, oh my God, that's not going to go over well. Because <laughs> you're basically putting doubt out there, adding fuel to the fire of all this madness that's going on around this young kid. And so he's still reportedly upset about that and is to not happened to the point where He's telling them, I'm not coming to training camp, even though you're paying me $33 million a year. So the Sixers are in a position where they probably would like to deal him anyway. Mm-hmm. But now there's all this negativity surrounding him and surrounding their relationship that the price goes down because everyone knows that Ben Simmons might hold out. So what are you going to do, Daryl Morey? You're just going to keep him, keep this player on your roster who doesn't want to be there? You can't really do that in the NBA. That's that's kind of suicide a little, a little bit because if you treat a player that way, other tr- other players are going to notice that. It could hurt you down the line in terms of what players you can acquire. It hurts you with certain agents, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to have to move him, I believe. So the question for us, though, here in the Northwest, otherwise we don't care about this much, is could he land in Portland? Now, before I hand it over to you to get your your point of view, there are two things on the table here. One, 
the deal I think Portland would, of course, maybe, I say, of course, maybe, but I think they would make, although I do have some information to say otherwise, but we'll get to that later, <laughs> um, would be CJ for Ben Simmons. Okay. But it's my understanding, and I think everyone's understanding, that Philadelphia would like to get Damian Lillard mm. in a deal, in a nanosecond. The only way that could happen is if Damian Lillard pulled what Ben Simmons is pulling, is basically saying, I'm not coming to camp. I want out. Get rid of me. If that happened, then you, I could see a Lillard for Simmons and something else deal. But there's no way in hell Portland's trading Damian Lillard to Philadelphia or anyone, let alone for a Ben Simmons, unless Damian Lillard wants out. So my first question for you is, as a Blazers fan, let's not even talk about Lillard because that's just pie in the sky fancy. It's not going to happen. Lillard's not going anywhere this summer. Would you be cool with trading CJ for Ben Simmons? Yes. Okay, moving on to our next topic. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, I, this is one of those uh, that it tugs at the heartstrings a little bit uh, as a Blazer fan because we love our guys and we always have. But um, well, not always. It depends on the guy. But I mean, CJ McCollum <laughs> is a, is a he'll always be a Blazer. He'll always get a standing ovation. Um, we love CJ, but uh, if you have a chance to get a, um, a, a potential defensive player of the year who's five years younger um, and six inches taller and weighs like <laughs> what feels like 40 pounds more, um, that's got to be something that you you should take a shot at. Uh, it's really curious, Aaron, that we've got this situation where Daryl Morey um, – you know, he just narrowly averted this type of situation in Houston by leaving Houston um, before the Harden thing really got messy. And now he's got this on his hands um, uh, in in Philly. But um, the, the question ultimately, I think, is going to be, are there other better deals out there for Philly than um, a CJ deal? Um, and you've got a team that really needs shooting. Um, really need someone who can get a bucket outside of the paint, outside of Joel Embiid. So I think there's a lot of sense in the CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons move for both teams. But, um, you know, ultimately it will come down to whether Philly, uh, who blinks first. You've also got the Neil O'Shea factor, (laughs) right? I mean, because Neil loves his guys and he loves CJ McCollum. Um, So that's another factor. Uh, it's not just the fan base and any potential reaction to a move of this magnitude trading away, uh, uh, you know, as much as there's been this angst for years about, can you win with two guards? I mean, CJ McCollum's a very two popular, small two small guards. Um, I don't know. Is that true though? Are there two small guards? You, you had a interesting interaction with, uh, um, uh, or was that Jason quick? I don't recall in a press conference about Dame being a small guard. Anyways, um, oh, <laughs> well, up in the, it was Olshay, and he was saying that Dame isn't small for a point guard. Oh, uh, yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, uh, it's a it's a deal that makes a hell of a lot of sense for both teams. Will it happen? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, for me, I'm just like, yeah, you got to do it. Because I've always said this. Other people have said this. How are you going to win a title with? with your two best players being two small guards. Like, it's just really difficult. Plus, they're not good defensive yeah. guards. Um, you know, I've said this numerous times. You got to go back to the bad boy Pistons and find a team that's won a title with their best two players being two small guards. And yeah. before that, you got to go all the way to Jerry West and uh, Dale Goodrich. But they had just acquired Wilt Chamberlain 
So I don't think I've know, heard of him. Will Chamberlain, we all heard. Right. So Will Chamberlain was probably still, even though he wasn't in his prime, was probably still the best player on that team. So that doesn't really count. So that just gives you a span of 50 years where you can find one true situation where it's, where it's worked out that way. And especially in an era where bigger players are all joining forces all over the country, it's going to be difficult for you to actually win 16 playoff games. And that's the thing. Like I, I think sometimes people don't think of it that way. You have to win 16 postseason yeah. games. Can you do that when your best two players are two small guards? who don't play great defense. I think it's very, very difficult. So one of them needs to move. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you'd want to move CJ over Dame. And if you can get a guy who elevates your defense the way Ben Simmons would, he's two-time all-defensive um, team. He was unanimous last year, I believe. He's led the league in steals before. Mm-hmm. He's 6'11". He can guard literally all five positions. That's not an exaggeration. Uh, he just would – I think Philly had the number two rate of defense in the league last year. A lot of that was because of him. You would completely elevate your defense, which is a sore spot. Yes, you lose some scoring from McCollum, but Powell moves to the two position. You still have Simons coming off the bench. You, yeah. you signed other shooters to fill in. And Simmons, although he isn't an elite scorer, he still averages about 15 points a game. CJ was averaging about 21. That's six points. You, you can spread six points around the rest of your lineup. And also, Simmons is going to give you way more playmaking as well. He, he averaged, I think, seven assists last year. Mm-hmm. He's capable, I think, with a lot of shooters which they don't really have in Philadelphia, of averaging 10 assists easily. Like, Because if he gets inside with the ball, he's a handful. He kicks it back out to Powell, Dane, uh, Simons. Then they just got Macklemore and, and Tony Snell and guys like that. Even Nance is developing a three-point shot. Covington shot 38% last year. That's a lot of guys who can fill it up, especially if there's attention on Ben Simmons. And I think he led the NBA last year in assists leading to three-point field goals on a team that didn't have a ton of shooters. They had Seth Curry, though. Yeah. Uh, so I think it would be a, a fantastic fit. However, I've been told by a couple of people that there's some concern with the Blazers as to exactly how it would fit with Dame. Now, not to the point where I don't think they would do it. Now, I did a, a back-and-forth question-and-answer thing with Gina Mizell, who just took over as – one of the Philadelphia Inquirer beat writers for the Sixers. He used to work. She used to work yep. here covering our former Florida colleague. State. Yep. <laughs> right. And so in that, I wrote just innocently like that there was some, some wondered how they would fit. Mm-hmm. And because Ben Simmons fancies himself a Magic Johnson type point guard, Dave, he's never played with a dominant second point guard. Damian Lillard is a dominant point guard who's going to want to have the ball. However, I do think Damian is. Uh, amenable and wants to play more off the ball because, and did some last yeah. year because teams double team him as soon as he crosses, like, well, as soon as he enters the parking lot, he's getting double, double and triple team. Um, so Ben Simmons would be great in facilitating that, but still Ben Simmons is extremely immature. Clearly. Uh, he said he doesn't want to play in Portland <laughs> and he'd have to go play with a dominant point guard and give up the ball. I would be concerned about that because you're going to be paying this guy $33 million a year and you're giving up CJ to do it. So to me, it better fit perfectly, not just on the stat page, not just in theory. It has to fit from the neck up. Can Ben Simmons be adult enough to handle the changes because his life is going to change on the court? That said, I would roll the dice on that in a nanosecond because you are not, I repeat, you are not going to win a title with this lineup. Not only with the two small guard lineup, but your small forward is a small guard. Yeah. He's 6'3", Norman Powell. So that's a triple whammy now in the backcourt slash small forward. So those are the reasons why I would do it. Those are the reasons why I believe the Blazers are semi, not hesitant, but a little bit like, eh, is this going to work? 
What do you think about those talking points? I think you hit on what I view as really the one of the reasons that Damian Lillard is going to have um, whether, you know, knock on wood, I hope it's in the Portland Trailblazers uniform, but uh, the end of his prime, the end of his career overall, I think he's going to have maybe the best um, best career uh, that we've seen for a guard of his stature because he is going to have this uptick in off ball touches and he's really good in the catch and shoot. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. as good as Steph, like the greatest shooter of all time, but he's, he's elite and we've never seen it at a high level in terms of usage. Um, I think that was part of the idea having norm um, would be to take some of that ball pressure off a of dame to begin with. So if you add another option who, um, you know, CJ, CJ is great in a one-on-one, but he's not a fantastic at finding open players. He's gotten a little bit better in recent years, but when you've got a guy who's six eleven, who is a, just an absolute moose who can get into the lane and then kick it, um, it, it's easy to see the ball swinging around the perimeter, finding, uh, the letter O and that's a good thing if you're a Blazer fan. So yeah, I think, uh, the fit wise, um, in terms of taking all the stuff out of the equation, in terms of personalities, the fit in a basketball sense makes a it makes a ton of sense. Um, right. And especially when you've got a, a new head coach who um, will demand respect as a, a former point guard in this league, um, you know. And if Damian Lillard is showing him respect, um, you you would have to. I guess if we're just doing a thought exercise here, Aaron, you'd have to think that that Ben Simmons would show respect too. It's a little bit of a different dynamic, right? Um, in Philly, when it's two contemporaries in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, they're roughly the same age. Um, right. There's not an alpha. That was part of the the issue, right? I mean, Damian is the undisputed leader of this team, um, and if Ben Simmons were to come here, he would know that from day one. And we would hope, but there's some maturity questions. Right. I mean, he would, he would be told, would he comply? I guess that would be the issue. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and the fact that, you know, he reportedly said he doesn't want to be in Portland. Like, you know, if if I'm the GM of the Blazers and I, and I see a player saying that, and I have a guy like CJ who has established roots here, who wants to be here, you know, it's going to make me a little queasy to just, jettison CJ for Ben and have Ben come here and be a malcontent, right? So that has to be vetted and investigated and there has to be deep discussions right. between Ben and Dame and Ben and Chauncey Billups about how this is going to work. I would think that with Dame's leadership style and with Billups' uh, track record as an ex-player and with his leadership style, that they could sit down with him and be like, look, dude, we don't care what happened in Philadelphia. We want you here for this long list of reasons. Right. And we think you can mature and grow as an offensive threat. But on this team, you won't necessarily have to be a scorer because we have two primo scorers and a big man who can score and Covington who can shoot. we got dudes coming off the bench who can score. So we can ease you into that. We're not going to rely on you to be making all these key buckets in the fourth quarter because we got one of the ultimate closers in the game right now. Um, so I, that's why I just think like you just roll the dice and go for it. Because the other part of this is Damien's not going to ask out right now, but he's hinted that he very well could at some point. Right. So that means in his mind, the team they have right now is causing him to think about asking out. Mm-hmm. 
So he's telling you he's not sure this team's good enough to win the championship or even come close to contending. So if he's telling you that and he wants to see a move made, you almost have to just roll the dice on Ben Simmons and just hope it works out because now you've made a marquee move for a three-time All-Star. And to me, that puts the onus back on Dane. Like, okay, I got you a 6'11", borderline, potential superstar, fix him, and make it work. He's Now, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it's just such a unique player, too, that I think we kind of lose sight of what a unique player he is, right? Ben oh, Simmons. absolutely. Yes. His only fault is offensively from a scoring standpoint in terms right. of initiating offense for himself. That's it. That's a huge deal. But everything else, he's elite in. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's three seasons in the top 20 in steal percentage. Um, you know, he's led the leagues in, in steals previously. He's always in the top 20 in rebounding and assists. I and mean, he's got one of the best plus minus and all the advanced stats, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is a guy who I think it's very clear it's a plug and play situation um if if he wants if he wants it, but um I guess we're we're going to have to see. I started following him on Instagram though, Aaron. Um Did you? Yeah. How's that? I'd never heard it. I'd never heard Ben Simmons speak. Oh. I mean, did I mean, obviously he's an Aussie, right? But like, you know, it's just it's not someone you hear in the media a lot. He's not a talkative guy, right? Like, yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, him so it's like, oh yeah, he's an Aussie, so that's kind of fun too. So, um, does he have the accent and everything? Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? I come thinking, I can't remember the last time I heard him speak, but I don't, I, don't, I do remember, but I, I didn't notice the accent though. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, okay. it's it's there. Um, anyways, I mean, he he seems to enjoy his uh, time in L.A. right now, so. I guess yeah. we'll, we'll see. Here's a couple red flags statistically that I looked at. So three point, sorry, free throw shooting is a big deal, obviously. 61% for Ben Simmons. Does he become a liability in the last couple of minutes compared to 81 cent for mm-hmm. 81% for CJ? And then turnover percentage, his term was, turnover percentage is a lot higher than CJ, 16.8 compared to 6.4. Uh, but in three point attempt rate, you know, he doesn't shoot very many threes. I think he's only shot a couple in his career, actually. But again, I don't think you have to have every guy on the court shoot threes. Like to me, him not shooting threes, but being six eleven and being able to get inside and and destroy in there and then kick it back and be willing not only kick it back out, but be willing yeah. and looking to give up the ball. I think you don't you don't really lose anything there. But yeah, we don't know what motivates him, right? But uh, if I'm making the pitch to him about being in Portland and and I'm uh, you know the Blazers brass, you say. Um, you will be the defensive player of the year. Uh, we know you're the <laughs> defensive player of the year last year. You deserve to get it. Your teammates, other than the, the big fella, seem to agree. Um, you will be the defensive player of the year in Portland. You will redeem your your legacy <laughs> to the extent you have one as a 25 year old kid, um, and you will be a part of a team that um, you know you will get a lot of accolades uh, if this team takes it to the next level. So um, you know. Do you take that versus going to Sacramento, uh, whether that's on the table or not? Or um, I don't know if Toronto's on the table or not. Um, there there seems to be some uh, not a lot of logical places out there. So maybe we're talking about a three team deal or what have you. You can do a lot worse if you're Ben Simmons than going to Portland uh, and being a part of this squad. The only team that's been mentioned seriously. So the teams I've heard are. He wants to go to California, so any of the California teams, but I don't think the 
Clippers have anything or Lakers don't have anything. So you're looking at Golden State, Sacramento, Portland, Cleveland, I guess, is in the mix, and Toronto. So the only there's only two teams mm-hmm. that made the playoffs last year. And I can't see how on earth Golden State I, I guess Golden State could give up a bunch of young assets and draft picks and things like that. But if you're Philadelphia, that's not what you want. You're you're in win now mode. You had the best record in the right. league last year. What do you want with Joe Wiseman and some picks and you know, even and then what do you want with Wiggins? Like that that wouldn't make any sense to me. You have a lot of wings so, already, right? Yeah. So what they don't have is a guy who can create their own shot and hit clutch buckets in the last couple minutes, which is what killed them in that game seven more than I mean Simmons didn't deliver there, but neither did did Embiid. Embiid had eight turnovers. The last play of the game for them, he tried to do some spin move out top and got yeah. the ball knocked away for his eighth turnover. Like that should have been McCullum with the ball up top. And Embiid coming and setting a screen for him or something like not Ben Simmons. Okay, go make a play. Like who who has their seven foot center trying to make a play from the three point line? Like yeah, Dirk. You know someone like Dirk would do that, but he wasn't really a center. You get my point. So it's just weird. So you add CJ to the mix. I think that makes them as at least as good. And if you thought if you excuse me if you're feeling you think going from Ben to CJ makes you worse then maybe you should have dumped all over Ben <laughs> because you lost a playoff series. Because every player in the history of the NBA, no matter how great they are, has had bad moments in the playoffs. And people treated this kid like garbage. Like some of the stuff I saw, like there's a news station showing, you've seen that, right? Live footage of Ben Simmons leaving town and there's a, a garbage, giant garbage dump, a bin going down the river. But like, who does that? Like, that's just so childish. This is the fan base, uh, you know, a different sport, but they booed Santa. So, I mean, this is just, uh, this is Philly fans, right? I mean, this is kind of what we have to expect. Well, let's, before we move on, I mean, so basically then it comes down to the Sacramento situation. They've already said, you know, but there's a bunch of posturing, but they, they say, I don't want, they don't want to move De'Aaron Fox. They don't want to move Halliburton. Um, so then it's Cleveland. Okay. Colin Sexton. Do you think he's better than uh, CJ McCollum? Uh, is he does that timeline make make more sense uh for Philly? No, absolutely it doesn't. So then you you look to Toronto, I guess, and what what I don't even know what they're putting forward. It would it be some sort of uh Gary Trent or um Fred Van Vliet or some sort of guard situation? Because Lowry's gone. So it it, it really it, it's it's staring everyone right in the face uh that the CJ for for Simmons thing is the most logical situation. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I could I could see them. So the, the one report I saw recently, actually this morning, <clears throat> was talking about Cleveland with Sexton and then throwing Lowry in there and something another contract to make it work because Sexton's still on his rookie deal. If I can get Sexton and and Lowry as another shooter, Lowry marketing. Oh, I was gonna say which Lowry? 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 I don't know. Lowry marketing. Yeah. It's La- Lowry. I always call him Lowry. Marketing. I think you're right. Lowry? Yeah. Anyway, I was, I'm a Bulls fan. I still don't even know how to say it because he's been pissing me off for two years. But anyway, <laughs> I I would I would take that if I'm Philly because because Sexton has you know big time star potential. He averaged what 24 points last year. He's only 4.4 assists, but he's more of a scoring mentality. Maybe in Philly he he averages more assists. CJ's not a huge playmaker in that regard either. Um, he's much younger than CJ, 22 versus 29, going on 30 for CJ. So yeah, I would I. It, if I could get Sexton and marketing, that would be probably tough for me to turn down if I'm Philadelphia. 
You are listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. Let's talk about one of Colin Sexton's now former teammates uh, transitioned to to Larry Nance Jr. since we didn't have a chance to talk about that uh, on the podcast last time. What are your thoughts on this move for Portland? You know, the three team deal that brought uh, Larry Nance Jr. uh, to Rip City. Good move. Oh, definitely. I liked it a lot. You know, Derek Jones Jr. fell out of the lineup last year under Terry Stotts. No one knows for sure what that was going to mean in terms of Chauncey Billups' rotation. But when they went out and got a couple more shooters like Tony Snell and Macklemore, uh, to me, that signal they want shooters on the floor and and Jones is not a shooter. Their only really remaining hole on the roster was at the backup four behind Covington. Uh, and they have two centers. And I think with the injury history of Zeller and uh, Nurkic, you probably need a third center. And Nance gives you a backup four and a guy who can play some center. He's only 6'7", but he's tough enough and physical enough and likes to get after enough to be definitely a third center on your team. He's also good enough to to start if you need him to. Uh, clearly, they're going to start Covington at the four with Powell at the three. But this gives you depth and versatility. And most of all, it gives you a guy who likes to play defense and is mobile and athletic. And that's what Chauncey Billups wants. He doesn't want the Paul Millsaps of the world or the Carmelo Anthony's of the world, that they're 35, 36, 37-year-old guy who still has some basketball in him, but doesn't bring you defense, doesn't bring you athleticism. He wants guys who are going to get after it in those two uh, areas. And Nance does that. And what did you lose? You gave up a first-round pick, which you hope is going to be a late first-round pick, and you gave up Jones and that contract, which you might not, probably weren't going to play him anyway. Plus, Nance has two years left on his deal, so you have some control there. So, yeah, no, I thought it was a very good move. It's not a sexy, splashy thing that people want, but from a sheer basketball standpoint, the Blazers got better with that trade. Yeah, the big question about him, in my mind, is just, is he going to be able to play? You look at the last two seasons, he played 35 games, 56. Um, Back in the 2018-19 season, he played 67 games. But, um, you know, I've, I honestly kind of have forgotten that he exists, Aaron. So, um, and I would be lying <laughs> if I, if I said that I was really up to speed on, on what, um, he brings to the table other than, you know, you think of his extreme athleticism in his er- early days, especially, um, and he, you know, he always, he still, when he does play, dunks are a big uh, part of his, his, uh, offensive skill set and what he brings to the table. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a position, you know, ultimately you think of uh, Zach Collins was going to be playing this role potentially. And Zach is, you know, obviously we talked about this a bunch. He's not going to be around because of injuries. So now the question is, um, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a bigger, sturdier body, not as tall as Zach, but, um, and he brings more playmaking allegedly from what I've been told though. Again, haven't seen it. Yeah, no, he's a really good passer. Yeah. I mean, he averages, you know, he averages yeah. like three assists a game. Um, you know, in, in uh, last season. Um, so I guess, you know, that that's a perfect, you know, if he can stay healthy, I think it's going to be a really good fit. Um, so I, I'm, I'm eager to see that and everything I've, I've heard and, and read since he, uh, since the deal, he, he, he seems extremely excited about being here. So yeah. that's good. That's a great point about, that's a great point about Zach Collins because he basically gives you a lot of what you were hoping to get from Collins. Yeah. You're hoping to obviously get defense from Collins. You were hoping to get, 
uh, improved three-point shooting. Well, Nance gives you defense, and his three-point shooting has been getting better. He shot 35% two seasons mm-hmm. ago, 36% this past season. Uh, you figure that his three-point shots on this team are going to be wide-ass open. Otherwise, <laughs> he shouldn't be taking it. You know, Chauncey Billups has talked about getting more open shots for everybody. Well, this is a guy who, if he's not open, he needs to be passing it off to the other guys on the team because they're all better shooters. So that means his threes are going to be money threes that he should hit at a pretty high rate. So yeah, I, I like this deal for a lot of different reasons. And they're, and he gets out, he gets out and runs too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, I mean, he, it's almost like when you talk about him, you're like, why isn't this guy starting in a 20 and 10 guy? Well, he, you know, he has some flaws. He has some things that, that keep him from being elite, but. 20, 25 minutes off the bench with this kid on this team. Yeah. Those are going to be impactful minutes. There's, there's a certain, um, aspect to when a team falls apart, like when LeBron forced his way. Well, when LeBron left Cleveland again and went to, to LA, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there, regardless of the injury aspect, I mean, you're basically forgotten at that point if you're still there. And so this guy has been forgotten (laughs) for uh, a while now. Um, So, you know, I I don't know if you caught this, but Casey Holdall over at the the trailblazers um, dot com had an interview with with Nance where he he compared himself to PJ Tucker, which I thought was Mm. interesting. And and Torrey Craig, which, you know, uh, another wing ish player, I guess. Again, I don't recall watching Nance play much recently, so I, I can't recall him guarding threes. He he said that's what he's eager to do to guard three, four, five. Um, and if you know if he if he's uh, embracing that role and able to stay on the court, then I mean that's hey, PJ Tucker just won a title and was a important piece, so we'll take it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Also, the Blazers <clears throat> added a couple of bodies to training camp contracts, which means they can compete for jobs. The first is Dennis Smith Jr., another six foot two guard, because Portland doesn't have enough of those. <laughs> they only have five. Wait, Dame, CJ, Norm, Simons, McLemore. Yep, all six two, six three. So now they have six. Dennis Smith Jr., though, when he came into the league, so he was the ninth pick yeah. of the 2017 draft, one pick ahead of Collins. He's one of a several different players in that area of the draft that did not work out. So when people cry about the Blazers not taking Donovan Mitchell right. or John Collins, who went 19th, it's like, there's a lot of dude, a lot of teams who could say we should have taken Donovan Mitchell. The Bulls being one of them, they took Lowry marketing at seven. Anyway, so he came into the league pretty hot with Dallas, 15 points a game, so a lot of fantastic dunks. His shooting was weak that first year, mm-hmm. but you think, ah, he's a rookie. Well, the shooting never really improved. He ended up getting traded in a huge deal to the Knicks that netted uh, the, the Mavericks, uh, uh, Chris stops Porzingis, who has his own defensive issues, and they kind of want to get rid of him. And it, isn't that amazing? Okay, here's what's funny. Sidebar, real quick. Yeah. How many players are there in the NBA right now making thirty million or more, whose teams want to get rid of them? Stop signing guys to thirty million dollar plus deals unless you know for sure they are going to be a cornerstone. Otherwise, let them walk. It's just amazing. Like John Wall right now, people want to get rid of Westbrook. People are passing around the league. Yeah. Like, like a joint at a party, right? <laughs> Ooh, that was interesting. So it's never been high in his life. Hey, it's a, le- anyway, it's a legal substance in this year. It's state. legal now yeah. anyway, but yeah, maybe I, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, it's just like, it's just bonkers to me. Anyway, that's, that's a different sidebar. But anyway, he has fallen off the map, dude. Like he, his career shooting is down to 40%, 31 on threes. Um, you know, he's had some injury issues. He's had some getting benched in- issues. 
I can't see for the life of me how he makes this team unless they were to trade CJ and want to keep another guard. But what does he give you? Like he, and I'm not trying to dog my <laughs> man. I'm just saying, like, I just, it, it was a weird, interesting signing for me because he doesn't, he hasn't shown in his career that he's someone you necessarily want in your rotation. And he plays a position where you already have five yeah. guys like him. Are there even roster spots available at this point? Yeah, they have one, they have one. remaining open. Uh, and I think the uh, him and Marquise Chris yeah. will compete for it. Or maybe neither one of them will get it and they'll keep it open. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's one of those classic, uh, you know, Neil O'Shea, Neil O'Shea has been uh, good at that, right? I mean, you take a flyer on a former lottery pick. I mean, he's not the only. It's a it's a tried and true <laughs> um strategy when you're trying to fill bench seats and sometimes it pans out sometimes it doesn't uh marquise chris a uh, former uw product uh has never really uh lived up to the to the hype but as far as i can tell looking back the hype was just this man is large and pretty athletic so um yeah why not he was another high pick right wasn't he a lot yeah he was a lottery pick too so i i don't you know I don't. I don't expect uh, to see anything from from those two guys. But uh, Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, it's not even just that he was a top ten pick, Aaron. I mean, there there is a lot of discussion of how high does he go? Does he go three? Does he go four? Um, you know, he's another guy where attitude, um, I think, was in maturity was a question. Um, and uh, look at his some of his tweets from back in the day are pretty entertaining. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't expect those guys to really have much of an impact. But um, you know, it's always worth a shot when you've got a two former lottery picks uh, and you're talking about you know the literally the last seat. Why not? Exactly. So I, I I'm counting 14 on the roster and Max is 15. Um. So Chris, yeah. Now, okay, I do – again, it comes back to what you mentioned earlier about the the health issues, <laughs> like Nance's injuries. Yeah. Zeller has injuries, history. Uh, Nurkic has injury history. This is another guy with injury <laughs> history. Uh, but last year, I mean, he, he only played in two games. But in those two games, 6.6 rebounds in only 13 minutes, broke his leg the year before with Golden State, um, nine points. Didn't even know he rebounds. was on Golden State. Yeah, 9.6 rebounds in 59 games during the COVID year, 21 starts. So when he plays, and he's not a three-point threat at all, but he's efficient inside, 54% two years ago. Uh, You know, I mean, if if he plays 10, 12 minutes and he's smart defensively and efficient with the ball and he gives you a four and four or whatever, you know, four and three in those those minutes, then I think he's a solid pickup. The bottom line is you don't want to have to use him very much. You have a backup center in Zeller. You have a backup four in Nance. This, if he makes the team, he would be your number five big, so to speak, uh, at those two positions. He's mainly a power forward, but at six nine, he could probably step in and play some center. Two forty, decent weight. So you know, yeah, we'll see. You know, now me personally, I would love to see see Harry Giles come back. Harry Giles is not on anyone's roster. Last time I checked, he might be out of the league, and that guy is phenomenally athletic. Uh, it just didn't work out. You know, I've been told that he just doesn't love basketball enough and it just doesn't put in the work necessary to uh, get where he needs to be. So that's probably why they went with someone like Chris over bringing back Giles. Oh, he just signed, he signed with the uh, Clippers. Oh, did he just non, sign? Non-guaranteed. Okay. I was going to say, I thought I saw okay. something. I mean, yeah. It, okay, good for him. Yeah, he seems like a, a nice guy. So I wish him a well. A non-guaranteed deal. So he's just being invited to camp just like these guys yeah. are. We'll see. Yeah, signs with, yeah, there it is, 16 hours ago. 
we should talk about the the highlight of uh you know early september here in the the that would be the the lillard wedding i'm still i'm still looking for my invite <laughs> i might have lost it no, no, it's not. It's not. Chris here. Haynes was there. I wasn't invited. Chris, well, of course, Chris Haynes was there. And I, I mean, I'm surprised he he might have been a groomsman for all I know. <laughs> uh, but no, that was like I saw the photos, I saw the videos. Man, that looked like a fun shindig. I mean, you got half the NBA there. You got Snoop Dogg, Common. Yeah, they both performed along with Dame. Dropped some bars. Man, that was a heck of a party. And Dame changed. Like, he wore black for the ceremony and then came out in this white with thing with yeah. no shirt, like a vest over, a vest over no shirt <clears throat> with a jacket, mm-hmm. whitish pink almost. Yeah. The day, the day before he was wearing like a salmon colored thing. And I, I tweeted that, you know, this is another, you know, indication that Dame, he's not leaving. I mean, he's, he's wearing salmon, he's you know, come on, man. We love salmon. our salmon here in the Pacific Northwest. Not going anywhere. Oh my God. Uh, but no, he was, he was suited out. His wife is beautiful. Uh, it, it was, it would look like a very, uh, sweet, nice, fun, um, lively wedding. Yeah. I, I, we were talking before we recorded for me, you know, uh, really good music at, at a wedding is uh helps elevate it i think especially a live band and i had one you know family friends wedding in the napa area that had like this cover band from vegas that was just absolutely incredible like they could play any song and uh that nice. that was definitely a highlight up for me as well as some of my friends played uh their rock band for for another friend's wedding but um Having Snoop Dogg perform would be, you know, I'm not, a, I don't know. I'm not a huge common fan. He's fine. But have, having Snoop, that would be pretty amazing. Have you ever had anything like that yeah. at a wedding? Not Snoop, but, you know, any musical the, the artist? Biggest celebrity, any music artist? No. The biggest celebrity I remember seeing at a wedding was Michelle Wee. I ended up sitting at the same table as Michelle Wee at Jordan Kent's wedding a few years ago. And Jordan Kent played basketball at Oregon and football at Oregon and trans track at Oregon. Mm-hmm. And he was teammates with a guy named Adam Zahn, who was dating Michelle Wee at the time. So Michelle Wee was there ended up at the same table, made her laugh a few times, which made me feel good. Uh, my wife, who was not with me that day, was extremely jealous later because she loves golf and she likes Michelle Wee. Uh, and so I, I just made her feel horrible by being like, yeah, that Jordan Kent's wedding, kicking it with Michelle Wee, just hanging out, you know, talking, cracking jokes, making her laugh. You know, she's like, get away from me. Uh, not Michelle Wee, my wife. So yeah, I'm trying to think. Now, my uncle, this is an interesting story. <clears throat> my uncle, Roger, has been the stand-in for Eddie Murphy for a couple decades. And when he got married a long time ago, I was like hoping Eddie Murphy was going to be there. And he originally was going to come and ended up not coming. Um, but that would have been obviously the biggest start I'd ever seen at a wedding. And I think there were some minor actors at, at that wedding. I just can't remember who it was a long time ago. But yeah, Michelle Wee was the biggest brush with stardom I've mm. experienced at a wedding. That's a pretty good one. That's a good one. That's pretty good. Uh, so that's not the only major life moment for the, you know, the backcourt of the Portland Trailblazers, uh, CJ. No, it's not. CJ and his, uh, wife. Um, I mean, they just recently got married and announced they're expecting their first child. So, I mean, it's almost like they're competing, right? <laughs> Who? 
Dame and CJ. Well, CJ gets married. Yeah. Dame drops twins. Dame gets married. CJ comes back with we're having a baby. Like you know, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's <laughs> life in your thirties. These guys, yeah, I was about to say that these guys are all getting up to that age where you have you have kids and you have wives. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm just wondering, you know, for for I've got two kids. I've got I've got to say when I had a young when when I had my first kid, it really put things in perspective work-wise. I actually think I got better at my job after having really? kid number 1, but I also don't have to travel all around the country like these guys do. So I'm wondering if you think CJ is going to get better at his job or if it's going to be more of a factor of he won't be injured, knock on wood, and uh, if he's going to keep keep what he had going at the, the well, beginning Dame, of last Dame year. Dame Jr. is three, right? Dame, Dame Jr. was born in 18. I think so, yeah. Um, and that was the year, the 2017-18 season was really the season where Lillard started to become what you would call elite. Yeah. And that was the year I think he finished top – I think he finished third in MVP or fourth? Fourth, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure exactly on the dates of when – what? Uh, okay, 2016-17. Stats were pretty similar to 17-18. But 17-18 or 18-19 – excuse me. 17-18 was the year he was the MVP candidate. And he was all-star in the first, previous two years he was not. Anyway, so maybe there's something to that. You know, we'll see. Maybe CJ is going to be an all-star this year. He probably would have been one last year. If he hadn't gotten injured, maybe he's going to be uh, an all-star in the East this year. Yeah, he might be an all-star in the East. But if he plays like he did last year, the first yeah. whatever two, uh, three weeks before he got injured, he could have a chance to be an all-star this year. And, and I, I think with Powell taking pressure off him and being a guy who can attack the be- basket and draw the defense, mm-hmm. I think CJ's poised to have a huge season. But anyway, anything else? No. Training camps in three weeks? No, I think um, honestly, I just I, I had thought about that. That you know. It's going to coincide with a healthy CJ. Uh, I think he's going to start the season. I think you know everything we talked about at the beginning. Aside, barring like Neil Olshay having some sort of uh, realization that that he's going to trade CJ when he has steadfastly not done that for years. CJ is going to be a blazer. Okay, and uh, they haven't traded CJ because there hasn't been a trade available <laughs> worth CJ. Right. What is? What is with Portland and their fans? Like, like it's just. You, Go ahead. No talk. Yeah, we're, we're, paro- no, we're parochial. The, the here. idea that the idea that all Neil Elshay has had to do all these years is just snap his fingers and trade CJ for Kawhi or you know I wasn't saying uh, that Paul George or like I just don't I don't believe there's been a trade on the table worth. CJ McCollum. I love CJ. I've never Kawhi, advocated beyond Kawhi for one year, but was but was it worth CJ for one year of Kawhi? I don't I don't believe so. But anyway, I I think Neil O'Shea would trade McCollum for the right deal that he thinks makes the team better. Well, personally. regardless, I think CJ a healthy healthy CJ CJ uh, a first time parent. He's gonna come out of the gate just uh, rip roaring. Um, I'm oh, ready yeah. ready for the let's go. When's the game Listen, start? Man, they're gonna. One last thing for Blazer fans. All the talk, you know, they lost to Denver and all the crying on Twitter there by fans and people freaking out and everyone sucks and blah, blah, blah. This team's crashed. When the over-unders came out, 44 and a half. Remember, I said on the, this podcast a few podcasts ago, I'm going to bet that over. I'm going to. When that came out, a lot of people who are trashing on the Blazers were like, oh, I'm taking the over. They're going to win 50 games. How can you trash on a 50-win team? 50 wins yeah. in the West is a lot of wins. It just shows the disconnect. This is a good 
basketball team. And if the Lakers are, if they play as old as they look on their roster, which is insanely old, that means the West is up for grabs. Kawhi's out. Who knows how long he's out for? He tore an ACL, man. Yep. He could be out for the, for six, seven months. They could not make the playoffs with him out. Who knows? That means the West is up for grabs and a healthy Blazers team. If Billups can fix the defense, can beat any team in the West in a series. Other than I think if the Lakers are on fire, then they're not going to touch that. They can beat every team. They can beat Utah. They can beat Denver. They can beat Phoenix. Give me a break. Phoenix overrated. They can beat all these Ooh. teams. So, but but what I don't believe Phoenix slam is I don't believe. Well, well, I believe they can beat all of those teams in a series. I don't believe they can win twelve games in the West against three teams of those caliber. To get to the finals, I think they're a player short, and that player to me is Ben Simmons. But this is going to be a very good basketball team with or without Ben Simmons. I agree. Can't wait for the season. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Blazer Focus podcast. We will be back again soon if there's some news or at least the latest uh, with a, a training camp preview. That'll be fun. I'm Aaron Fenches with the Oregonian and Oregon Live. And this is Andrew Thien. And be sure to like the podcast, give us a positive uh, feedback, and click the subscribe button so you don't miss our podcast in the future. Thanks for listening.